Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Content warnings for this episode include experiences with transphobia, family issues, experiences with being bullied, and mention of pet death. All right. So hi, everyone. I'm Jandra Meowster. I use they, them pronouns, and I will let my guest introduce himself. Hello, hello. I am Awesome Shiv, so you could also call me Travis. I use he, him pronouns. And yeah, I'll be guesting on the show today. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome in. Oh, this is so fun. So, Chips, you're here on the show to talk about a lot of things. Our topic for the day is character design and gender and gender identity, gender presentation, all those sorts of things. But to start out with, I just want to talk about gender to begin. Understandable. Yeah, I wonder if you could tell us about what are some things that you trace back to your youth that indicated you might be trans one day? Like, how did it all begin? Oh, it is a long story, but like early on, especially around the era of puberty. Oh, I think my face glitching. Sorry. But yeah, early like puberty, early like that kind of area, I realized something was off. At the time, I I was told the usual things like, oh, everyone feels that way. You'll get used to it. All that fun stuff. But it's like, over time, it became something more like trying to find a specific words. I felt different from the others around me, and for a long time, I didn't have words for that. I was just, I just felt different. I was I'm not sure when I discovered the term gender non conforming, but around that time, I did start to present differently. Like, when I was younger, my whole like when I was younger, I didn't mind presenting more feminine because that wasn't like I had no idea what gender identity was and whatever was my identity back then was determined by my parents and what my parents thought I was saying. But puberty happened. I discovered other things and I think the big moment where my egg cracked was around, I was 16 and I had just met the first out trans person I knew in real life, which was very interesting. And I think that's when like all the whole like puberty, all the experimenting with identity through like my early characters all hit me like, okay, yeah, I'm not just this like gender non-conforming masculine female identifying person i'm masculine i'm male i'm a man is not wrong i do term man as well even though i consider myself male flux or just trans masculine most of the time but yeah i'm definitely on that spectrum rather than simply the gender non-conforming aspect so chips how has your relationship to gender evolved over time like You started somewhere, and then you went somewhere else. I first started off with, like, when I was younger, I, like, just thought, 
I found the term like uh you know trans man and I was like maybe that's what it was but I was 13 puberty and I was very concerned of what my parents thought about me so it was like okay I can't do that because my parents wouldn't like me so maybe I'm just like this I think they th- the term I found back then was demigirl mm-hmm. which obviously later on did not fit me super well and then just i discovered more over time i've had to like trying to get like a visual going on here like i had to my gender was like under a rock and i had to take a pickaxe to it over time before i figured out really something that felt right you excavated your gender basically (laughs) i love that that's so awesome Instead of egg cracking, it's like geodes from Stardew, and you're like, where's my gender? Yes. It must be a level 120. <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> Basically, though. That's so awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you tell us, so you're into character design, and there is this, I think, an interesting tangle tangling or I don't know what the word is whatever the shape is I'm making with my hands or my fingers are laced together it's there's like a togetherness about exploring gender and character design and so I would love to hear just like how did you start how did you start getting into character design how old were you tell us maybe about your first character or characters etc there's a lot to talk about there mm-hmm. but also yeah it's very like interwoven because a lot of Especially my early character designs when I was a child was very uh, fan characters and fan characters that were mostly based off myself. What if I was in The Lion King? (laughs) Stuff like that. Uh, Sadly, I don't remember a lot of those very early characters because I didn't really write them down. They were just in my head. I told the story to myself as it went on kind of thing. My first experience, though, with actually drawing and writing stuff for characters was when I got into a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic and uh, my first character was a lavender pegasus with a green mane who eventually became a pink unicorn with a green mane. It's a long story, but yeah, because I ended up liking originally the character Storm Tumblr was a gender non-conforming, at least, you know, baby's first gender non-conforming character, this kind of feminine character with short hair. She was basically Rainbow Dash, but with shorter hair. A uh, fun, like, side topic. I, uh, a lot of the, with my, in my personal experience with a masculine identifying people around my age, a lot of us for some reason, really wanted to be Rainbow Dash. <laughs> it's a unifying experience with that. I, I thought that was so, so. Eventually, I decided. Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna let you know. I have the the character on screen. If you want to tell us about their, oh. what is that? A cutie mark? Is that what that's called? Yes, that is a cutie mark. That is what the figures, like uh, the figure skate skates, look like in that universe. That in a, oh, the winter wrap up episode. The one with that mm-hmm. a song that was everywhere for a while. Anyway, but yeah, his talent is figure skating. He is a, basically the reason where Beaming Iris here came from was the character Storm Tumblr. But since there was already a character like Storm Tumblr within the media, I decided to go baby's first gender non-conforming kind of male character who is, has this like semi-long main style and has a not typically masculine appearance kind of thing. 
very a lot of like I've been saying baby's first gender non-conforming character I love, uh, I love that thank you I had um, other characters as well that also followed a similar theme with the kind of gender non-conforming kind of characters I guess back then it was like I wanted to make characters that I didn't see within the media itself and that's where a lot of my like first kind of drawing and writing for characters came from but yeah. So after this character, you came up with another bean. So I wonder, could you tell us yeah. how have your character design skills developed over time? Well, I've experienced, they've changed a lot with my ability to draw and have this idea in my head and be able to create that with what I'm doing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like uh, with this character here, Gage, I do have some very early design and drawing stuff. All right. I was just talking about a uh, gauge and kind of having early designs for him that were a bit different. Okay. Very nice. Yes, that was one of my first few drawings of the original de design for Gage. is very special in that kind of way since he is more... He's me. He's changed along with me in my own presentation because like Storm Tumblr... Gage was originally this kind of gender non-conforming, like, feminine presenting character, but then over time became more masculine presenting. It's partly because I ended up making Gage my mascot, so he changed along with me, kind of thing. Yeah. Here's a, here's a second one of the early pieces of art. If you want to describe what these look like to folks who are listening to the podcast later, that might be... Yes, yes. The first one there was a uh, more angry kind of cat look because i was very obsessed with those kind of the like school mascot kind of designs where they make the like lion or panther kind of creature just roaring at you i, I thought that was really cool back then and uh, this one here is a more cat-like design but with the kind of beta features for what today present as well. There's the, the scales on the arms and legs. There's the scales on the tail. You don't see them on the back, but they were there. There were more complex features to the colors, but some of them have been capped, some of them haven't. And I think the big difference is the color of the chest fur and the color of the uh, horns on the side of his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the things that I notice is the right sort of upper lip muzzle still has that sort of golden yellow color to it, which I think is cool. That's carried through. Would you call this a calico oh, yeah. pattern? Yeah, I've called it. He was based on, uh, this is going to get into the kind of the pet death warning stuff, just letting you know. But he was based off of the cat I had growing up who was a we called her a tortoiseshell calico her name was spangles she was there from like around when i was born like one or two to around when i was 13 14 mm -hmm. and losing her was very rough on me yeah one of that was one of the first yeah. yeah first pet and first real experience with a long-term kind of pet that passed away eventually mm-hmm and in one of my first big experiences with losing someone I loved, it was very difficult for me back then. And mm -hmm. one thing I noticed was when I was sad, I wanted to work on something. So this is around when I was still with like 
MLP kind of fandom and looking around into that kind of thing. What is MLP? I saw a video. Oh, My Little Pony. Okay, thank you. You're good. You're good. It's good. Yes, back when I was still doing that kind of stuff, I found a video talking about uh, bronies and their relationship to and with kind of furries, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. People who like anthropomorphic animal characters. Yeah. So I eventually found my way into that fandom, found some kind of like connection with because i already really liked a lot of media with these kind of humanoid animals and like animal crossing pokemon especially the mystery dungeon games and eventually through that i'm going back to gauge here i found a video talking about you can make your character like whatever you want your persona can be anything you could be like a sea slug in a giant mecha or like hybrids of all the animals you like. So eventually that kind of came to this idea of, oh, I wanted to make my character based on Spangles. And at the time I also was really into dinosaurs. I still am, but even more so back then. And also since dinosaurs don't really have a set color pattern, I wanted the dinosaur features to be like iguana color. So that's where the original like idea came from with a uh, gauge really cool. and yeah thank you i think yeah the anthropomorphic animal or furry community is it's really it's an interesting community oh definitely i think it has a lot of positives and a lot of i don't know drawbacks or things that are concerning it's it's a big it's a pile yeah. right it's a community and community is complex oh yeah and especially for a fandom it is massive it is mm -hmm. this kind of all kind of there's so many people involved with it and because and with furries being mostly like by fans for fans it's hard to keep track of everything like unlike being a part of let's say the my little pony fandom Brony, it's all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. You had a show that you connected with people over, and there was you all connected to the show. With furries, it's all like anthropomorphic media, and also people who create fans of anthropomorphic media creating more anthropomorphic. I would love for you to tell us about the this wonderful reference sheet that you've made for Gage, because Gage has evolved over time. So Gage is oh, a yes. combination of a cat and an Ankylosaurus, right? Yep. He is how, mostly how a cat with a... How did you oh, come up with the Ankylosaurus? Was, yeah, that was actually the original design I used for Gage as well, but it was harder to tell because I didn't have the skills to put more Ankylosaurus features into the original design. Yes, the hammer, but later on I kind of found more of a way to make the tail both visually more bulky and have the ankylosaurus... I don't want to call them knobs, but like the... They're not really horns either. The kind of bone scale bits at the end of the tail as well that ankylosaurus... The spiky bits, yeah, that, that's a good way to put them. So that became more present later on and with the, the way I also uh, place the scales on the back. And obviously with my experience with my gender, he became more transmasculine as well. While the originals were uh, not originally, but 
I do acknowledge a lot that uh, Gage specifically... I know some people make their Sona like a very literal interpretation of them. Gage is more... I don't want to use the term superficial, but he's very like what I wish I was. More this kind of like bigger build, bigger like... More mascu- more immediately masculine red kind of character that I am not in real life. That actually leads nicely into the next question I have, which is, how do you think your experience with gender has influenced your work? And how are your characters an expression of yourself in regards to gender presentation and identity? Apologize, I had a bit of a brain fart there. But yeah, my experience with uh, gender and... Yes, yes. Most of the characters I have made are usually some kind of expression of myself, so they end up being, now the more recent ones have been more masculine, have been more, I don't know why my brain is being weird right now, I'm sorry. It's okay. Do you need a drink of water? Oh, I should do that. I have water here. Yeah. Self-care is community care. Hooray. Maybe I can ask you a simpler version of the question. I can simplify. So does having does having Gage this VTuber avatar, so for those listening to the podcast who can't see you, you've got your VTuber avatar on stream as your persona that's talking to us. You even you even made a couple of different outfits for your VTuber, which is so fun. Do you want to show off your outfits? That's the Yes, that one, and then the one with armor. So fun. So you've got your cowboy looking one and your armored one. Where's the where did you yep. get the, the armor from? Like oh, where's the, the concept armor... from the armor? What's it inspired by? Oh, a lot of things. The first big like inspiration for it was more like Oh, what's that one armor in Skyrim? That's it's draconic, but it's not called draconic. Oh, I don't remember the name. It's like one of the more well known ones. It's like red and spiky. I think it's like a the overall color is black but then like yes, I guess in the chat of obsidian or glass or dedrick oh, i think it's i think it's dedrick sounds right but yeah, yeah thank the you armor is so cool everyone's grooving on the armor so to describe Yee. it for folks it's this golden armor it looks plate mail-y and it's got chain mail underneath with some purple kind of highlighted bits dark purple and there's like a paw print on the chest plate and on the head piece so cool. Well, they're originally meant to be red, but the purple oh. ended up coming through with the background. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Maybe it's my, it's probably the magenta uh, filter yeah. that I have on so that we can see you with, with a transparent background. Oh, but yeah, it is a, uh, you can show the reactive image version. Let me do that. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh yeah. yeah these are the go. original colors, which are nice. red, gold, a lot of those kind of colors. Mm-hmm. Since this is mostly based on the character, the version of Gage I made for a uh, tabletop RPG setting. My friends, where I brought in this version of Gage was more of a D&D setting with a lot of homebrew. Yeah, this is more of like a... And ye, thank you. Appreciate, appreciate you like the armor. <laughs> it also pretty- adds on to the kind of making the frame of this character even bigger so I can feel more, even more massive. Yeah, you could work out, or you could have super rad armor. Yeah, hey. So fun. Very fun. So, yeah, so if you you 
use do you do you find that designing these characters with your I don't know ideal body shape or ideal gender presentation does that help at all with with Gage specifically as a character that represents me yes very much so <laughs> He very much helps with, and even on top of the figure himself, it's trying to find good words. I feel like the way, like, my voice sounds is understandable coming out of a cat, because mm -hmm. cats don't really have, like, deep, booming voices, all that fun stuff. Cats are meow. Even male cats have higher voices than female humans. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So you know, I, I never thought yeah. about fursona or persona as persona. Get it? Did a pun. I never thought of a cat persona as a way to alleviate uh, vocal dysphoria. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, with the whole, like, calico thing, most most calicos are, like, afabs. Yeah, they are. You're right. You're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny speaking of, the, of an anthro cat like that. But, yeah... So being like transmasculine does did later translate into design pretty well. So engage even on this this character sheet of gauge it says transmask and he him yep. pronouns. Yep. So one of the things that I think is really interesting about this is the is it a hole that you added in the tail or are those knobs that are sticking out? So those are knobs. Gotcha. I've realized later on that that color was very I chose for that kind of background was very close to that color. Uh huh. Yeah. But when we see the back view, we can see that it's knobs and not a hole. That's cool. Yep. Include so good. So have you designed any other trans characters? I have. I don't think I sent you them though. I have a, I have Taylor Parker, who I don't really have a good design for right now. But he is a anthropomorphic possum who is more so based on me, but also He's me, but a parody of myself rather than like the whole like what I wish I was, what Gage is. So persona in a kind of the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. The kind of Gage is generally me, but more extroverted, friendly, comfortable with himself kind of thing. Taylor is more kind of me looking at myself. And it's funny to me that I'm trying to find the right words. I was made fun of a lot growing up for, uh, smelling bad basically so i thought it would be what i'm gonna own that i'm gonna make this version of myself like a creature that lives in trash he's a bit messier a bit more introverted he's closer to what i am but also not in the same way hard to find the specific words especially for taylor who was definitely more like visually meant to look like me and more like me in personality compared to gage but yeah so in one of my this is my attempt to see if I have some words to offer to help you find the words. In one of my spiritual practices, we talk about versions of the self. And so there's particularly using Iron Pentacle, there is the gilded version of yourself, which is like super shiny, super like everything looks really perfect and whatever. And then there's iron, which is the, the moderate centered grounded version. And then there's like the the rusted version of the self which is more insecure or less in all the ways right. like less popular less good at being social less good at words all of that and i wonder if there's you right 
awesome chips. And then, yep. like, maybe Gage is the gilded version of you, and this possum yeah. character is, like, the rusted version of you. And so they're all, like, aspects of you and the way that right. you see yourself, but they're, like, the versions that are pumped up or deflated instead of just right-sized, exactly you, chips, who you are. That definitely makes a lot of sense. That is where these characters are in my head. That's cool. It's cool that you've spent enough time thinking about it that you have idealized and deflated versions just to have as for information about yourself. Yeah. It's really um, reflective and it's like a visual diary almost or something. There's, there's some level of introspection that's shown there. I love that. Let's see. I feel like we've talked a lot about how characters are an expression of yourself. So I'll move that question for us. How about this question? How has working on certain characters helped you discover aspects of your identity? Very true. Very good question. My first, one of the characters I made around when my egg cracked was Junichiro, who was originally a character I made for a role play between me and a friend of basically putting ourselves into uh, My Hero Academia. That one, yes, that character. He is a, a cat, but also a person. He's a yeah, because he's got the whole the quirk thing. Apologies, my my hero academia knowledge is I haven't had that in my headspace for a while. Can you describe Jinichiro yeah. for folks who are listening to the podcast later? Oh yes, he is a based on a gray tabby with yellow eyes, but uh, he is a person with a pale skin, gray hair, gray uh, striped hair specifically, more so meant to be a it's a tabby, but also having the he's a cat boy. <laughs> That's putting nice. that in simple terms. And uh, in this original sheet here, he is, he's got his My Hero Academia, the school clothes, and then the uh, hero costume. Yeah, and the hero costume we also see in the next image that you shared with us to share on stream here. And all oh, of these yeah. images are copyright awesome chips. Yeah. This is my most recent drawing of Janichiro, and uh, like the previous sheet, Melissa specifically is taken from the cover I'm using for the new comic I'm working on called uh, Curiosity and the Copycat, based on this character here. But yeah, originally uh, he was made for putting putting myself into a role play of My Hero Academia, but he later became something that fit more into the world, because My Hero Academia, the main focus of the story is in, like, modern Japan, but also with superheroes. So yes. eventually, I ended up looking through uh, sites like G-Show to find good Japanese names, and I ended up liking a, which is mm -hmm. what I ended up uh, deciding on for him. Nice. And for this recent redesign, I'm still working on the kind of casual clothes, but this was what I decided for the cover, very sweater with kind of a more business kind of collar underneath, and the hat to cover his ears, and his tail is tucked into his, into his sweater somewhere <laughs> during mm -hmm. the day. But uh, while he is uh, the copycat, uh, Hero Sona has his whole like setup with it's part like specialized suit, like a like an Iron Man suit. It's like the helmet can fold up and show his face if need be, and also like it's glowy and mechanical in a very science fiction kind of way. Yeah, that's really cool. I love it. Iron Man, if you will. 
Oh my Thank glob. That's such a good pun <laughs> from Gorilla Red in the chat. <laughs> yes, very fantastic. I had to read that out loud. All the puns. Incredible. Yes. Oh, this is so fun. So we still have at least three more characters that we wanted to share with the, with the folks here. I have a handful of more questions. And this is the moment that we set aside to do our bio break check-in. So how are you feeling? Do you want to take a bio break or do you want to keep going? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Okay, cool. Hey. Seamsies. So let's see. Your next characters, were they made on stream? The next one was not originally, okay. but the one after... Yeah, I didn't draw Try on stream. The one, yeah, Cry was on stream, partly. Tell yes, us, this tell one. Tell us a bit about Cry. How did you come up with Cry? I was making a last-minute kind of character for uh, friends, uh, uh, tabletop RPG campaign because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to join or not. Mm -hmm. So I worked with the DM last minute after she invited me to uh, work on a character. We originally were going to do like a warlock Aarakocra, but we ended up changing that to wizard because we couldn't decide on a, a patron. So mm -hmm. he is a Aarakocra wizard. He so, fits in kind of the... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, for those who don't know what an Aarakocra is, it's a Dungeons and Dragons race that is anthropomorphized bird people. Which is different yes. from a Kenku, which their speech patterns, they can only mimic what others say. But an Aarakocra can has full language facilities and all of that, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here we have Cry, and we're seeing two two sides. One is Cry with some... A uh, sensor for the... I wasn't sure if uh, people would mind seeing the like... They're cartoony, but I did draw scarring on his back to showcase that uh, he's missing his wings. So he does have these feathery hands and some sort of key hanging off of his neck. That's interesting. I wonder what the key is for. And these like oh, flowing for, uh... robes, which is so fun. Oh, yeah. This is uh, the key is for basically he is essentially a runaway from home. His, uh, he was from originally a noble family, but uh, this family was not good. <laughs> Mm -hmm. This family, his mother specifically, worked a lot with the uh, capturing people and essentially enslaving them. I'm I'm not sure if that's like uh, okay to use. I don't know, but but so, the, yeah, her, his mother was not a good person. Uh huh. Yeah. Sounds like we do have a question in the chat. Has oh. creating a character ever resulted in a sudden moment of clarity, a realization of some greater truth about yourself? Good question, good question. I feel like usually when that happens, it's when after I make a realization, I either make a new character or... Because I usually, depending on the character, it's very much like the emotion comes first and then I encapsulate it into a character. Yeah. I think the closest thing to that specifically is in kind of the way I used to uh, roleplay with uh, Jinichiro earlier, mm -hmm. who was very... He was masculine presenting, but his hobbies weren't like the most typically masculine thing because at that point it was very like in those early kind of egg hatching days, I not all of my friends were super like good with kind of gender and understanding the difference between gender and gender presentation. Yeah, totally. Junichiro originally was my escape to 
exploring aspects of myself like being interested in things like liking other men my my bisexuality and how that kind of intersects with like presentation and how my presentation has changed and how that's affected like the way people view my sexuality another thing with Junichiro is he's not a super he's not super assertive in a you know typically masculine fashion He's very... he loves talking to people, but if you, like, tell him, like, no, he will fold immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's more, like, submissive in that kind of way, the way I feel like I am sometimes. So a I lot see, of Genichiro I see power was, two out of five, but then oh, speed is four out of five. Yeah, that was his uh, the original stats we had for him because of the way My Hero Academia works is that each character has their own sheet where it explains their abilities and then how those abilities relate to other characters with powers and they have this kind of numbered system. Power is like the physical kind of how hard you can hit something while speed is very like how fast you are, how nimble you are, and being a cat person he has some pretty good reflexes and can run fairly fast. Yeah, he can get the zoomies. I also like how it's cooperation five out of five and the likes are food and dangerous men. <laughs> yeah. And with dangerous men, yeah, that was very much my early kind of, I'm a man who likes other men. This is an interesting experience. So fun. Strengths and dex in D terms, basically. Though speed is more like general movement speed, but we also applied that to a dexterity kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so fun talking about all these characters. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's see. Another question that the community is asking is, what programs do you use to create? Is all of your art digital? Oh, very recently, almost all of my art has been digital. Sometimes if I'm struggling making a sketch digitally, I will draw just with pencil and pa like notebook paper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but for the digital artwork, the program I use is called Clip Studio Paint. Uh, I highly recommend picking it up. It's one of the uh, few really good, you only have to pay it once programs, and Clip Studio is very good for... It's basically Photoshop, but better for drawing in every way, and you mm -hmm. only have to pay for it once. Yeah. Yep, Clip Studio Paint. Awesome. And so did you make Cry with Clip Studio Paint? Oh, yeah. Uh, Almost all of the digital art that has been shown has been uh, Clip Studio Paint. That's rad. I believe the early Junichiro one and the first two for Gage were different. First two for Gage was a program on my phone that I don't think exists anymore. And uh, Junichiro was probably done on uh, Photoshop, if I remember correctly. But yeah, almost all of the art I do now is Clip Studio Paint. That's very cool. So what about Tryon? Oh, Tryon Thunderheart. He was originally more of a joke character I made for <laughs> a uh, one -shot. He was basically like the He-Man, the Thundercats, what's that guy called, Lano? He's that kind of vibe, that kind of mm -hmm. like... 80s strongman. I shout my name like this. I have the power. <laughs> Thundercats, Thundercats. Yeah, he's very kind of jokey in that kind of way, but 
the more I've used him for one shots, the more I've realized this is the kind of character I have a lot of fun playing. He's very kind of fun, very... I don't feel super, like... The thing that I did with Cry is that he's very intelligent. He's usually... he's intelligent, charismatic, he's very good with people. Well, on the other hand, Tryon here is... He is in his own way charismatic, but only, like, sufficiently enough so to be a gladiator. Mm, his... Mm -hmm. He views his, like, performances in the ring as this kind of a performance. It's, it's how he acts. It's very, yeah, very campy fun. Yeah, he's got big himbo energy. Oh, definitely. <laughs> very big himbo energy. He's very fun. So fun. So was he designed for a tabletop role-playing game, or oh, what yeah. did you he design was, the character designed for? for? He was designed for a tabletop role-playing game, I believe. Mostly me and my friends play versions of Dungeons & Dragons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fun. I am curious how streaming, how streaming has influenced your character design. I know that the other day I popped into your stream and you were actively designing a character yeah. you were planning on using for... Uh, tabletop game and I also think I've heard you talk about getting lost in the process of designing a character and I wonder if you could describe what that's been what it's like to share that with people on Twitch or wherever you're streaming he we want to show off a hero here the character I was working on Yay. especially when you're not making a character that's you the, the dots that connect a character come more loosely you have to figure out, okay, what motivates this character? How does this character think? What do they do in certain situations? Where are they from? All that fun stuff. Hero specifically was originally an orphan in his the solar main ride area mm -hmm. where he lived, where the other uh, Leonid live kind of thing. Yeah. Due to how their structure works, the if you don't have a, like, traditional parent, you are less likely to be fed, or if you are fed scraps. Mm -hmm. With the hero, he found a way to basically find his own food and make it for himself. Hence, you know, why he later became a chef. Eventually, he was uh, lost and picked up by an aristocrat who originally thought he would be more of a pet, but... Once he realized, that, oh, this is a child, sentient child, oh, and saw his interest in cooking and all that kind of fun stuff, he was like, oh, I'm going to send you to school to do this kind of thing. And yeah, he eventually found himself in like a guild of uh, bard chefs that are a college of sword bards, we've decided. That's where he's learned how to not only cut, cut things with knives, Specifically, the uh, he uses his salt and pepper scimitars. That's so funny that they're named salt and pepper. Yeah, they also have a <laughs> one's lighter in color, one's darker, and they have a that's so clever. S and P labels on them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I once had a friend with two daggers named hopes and prayers. <laughs> that's amazing. Or thoughts and prayers. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. And they'd throw the daggers and say, "I'm sending you thoughts and prayers." <laughs> Oh, I love that. So I love cleverly named weapons in the character design. It's so fun. Definitely. Those, they're a lot of fun. And with Saltina and Pepri Pepperina, I, I also about calling them that kind of thing, too. Oh, nice. <laughs> but with those, yeah. 
with the weapons, I thought it'd be fun that, like, oh, scimitars has tiny, strangely shaped handle with a knob at the end. What if they were salt and pepper shakers at the end? Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so they double as something that can cut ingredients and season them. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. So one thing I noticed that's different between Yero and a lot of your previous character designs is Yero has a bit of a gut on him. He's, oh, yeah. He's got a belly, possibly because he's a chef. But I, I love that there's some body positivity on display here with his, definitely. his lovely gut. I've been definitely more kind of wanting to do more of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The one thing with... Uh, with me, I've either either drawn a version of myself, which is I'm very lanky, thin-ish body kind of thing. Yeah. Or the kind of muscular kind of strong man. I haven't I've been meaning to make characters that have different body shapes, but with the way I present myself, it's sometimes harder for me to do that. But yeah. I think also, I like uh, Red's pun there, uh, a salt and pepper something. <laughs> and thank you. So I'm curious, is there anything we haven't talked about yet that has also influenced your work in character? Oh, uh, a lot of like the shows I've watched. The shows, really? the yeah, definitely. I try to read some, but I'm definitely lacking in that department. That's more Saf's thing. Saf, for those who don't know. Oh, Yes. Sapphire Angel Bunny is my stream partner. We stream together. She will. We do a thing where she'll draw and stream that to Discord. I'll put that up on my screen. While I draw, you can watch us both drawing kind of thing. That's so fun. But yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. I've gotten to catch a couple of those streams, and it's always nice to see. And the two of you have such nice rapport with one another. Oh. Yeah. So a lot of shows influence your work. And then you have Sapphire Angel Bunny, who does drawing. Do you ever do collaborative works? Oh, there is one we're working on, though I have been struggling on my end. Our original idea was to draw... She would draw from Overwatch, but they're more drawn like Pokemon trainers. Mm-hmm. And my part of the collaboration was to draw the Pokemon. Yeah. The thing with that is I have to draw, like two Gyarados encircling each other somewhere, and that design is like... I've had a hard time... Yeah, I've had a hard time wrapping my (laughs) brain around it. So I've thought about working around with other ideas like, instead of Gyarados, maybe I draw Decidueye, which is a... Since Hanzo is an archer, Decidueye is also an archer. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Decidueye is also a very cool Pokemon. Oh, definitely. Just in general. I like a lot of the Gen 7 starters. They're they're all very cool in their own way. We knew, Sorry. We, knew we would get off on a Pokemon tangent at some point. So oh, definitely. Since it's seasonally on topic with current events, what do you think of the new Pokemon Legends Arceus game that just came out? Because I just got it in the mail one hour before the show started, so I haven't played it yet. But I love it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Are you they do so much, so much Definitely. There have been some rough patches with the... Some aspects are the old-school, like, turn-based stuff, yeah. but with some new additions. And then there's more uh, non-turn-based action stuff, which I know a lot of people like. I've struggled a little bit with it with some boss fights, but other than that, it's entirely the Pokemon game I've always wanted. Yeah, oh, it's so- very, like, Pokemon mm-hmm. meets Monster Hunter. 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Mirami in the chat is saying, I'm more excited for Arceus than I realized this is basically Breath of the Wild and Pokemon, which is oh, literally definitely. a thing I was thinking I wanted while I played Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Pokemon definitely. and Breath of the Wild. <laughs> It's well, definitely that vibe as well. That's so cool. Breath of the Wild is like my favorite video game. Like, period. Yeah. Full stop. That That's it. That's the one. I've probably put over one 600 hours in it. 100% of yeah. it more than once. It's so fun. I love it. Oh my gosh. That is super cool. <laughs> one thing I will tell you, though, the areas are more segmented than they are in uh, Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you'll have to load into certain areas. Still cool. It's just uh, letting you know that. Cool. Yeah. I'm So I'm excited to get to try that finally on stream on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. I'm saving it. it I'm saving it for blast. stream. And it's what I want to play right now. Um, I can't wait to get my stuff so I can uh, stream that as well at some point. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. So another question for you. What character design surprises you the most? Of all the characters you've made, which one's design was the most surprising to you? Oh, Currently, it's Gage and how long I've kept him for such a, like, strange design. It's it's a unique but, design. I've never seen someone yeah. combine a dinosaur with a cat. Oh, yeah. I don't and know if like, that's common, but it's I haven't cool. seen a whole lot of that. It's usually, like, cat and dragon if they combine, like, cat with a reptile. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. And Gage's color scheme is very non-binary. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Which I love. Like, the main body is very, like, purple, white, black nose, and kind of yellow. Def definitely very, like, non-binary flag colors. I could definitely make a non-binary flag, but just color picked off gauge. So fun. So, along the lines of what surprised you the most, what character are you the proudest of? Specifically... I do love this version of Gage a lot. Mm -hmm. However, that's got to be the hero suit for Junichiro, the copycat suit. It's so cool. I don't have the like really cool version I made on me, but even then this image in the cover for Curiosity and the copycat is still very cool. And I still feel very proud for... It's definitely the most work I've put into a design and pulled out most of the like most references for and did more studies on like a uh, combat armor and how all that kind of works in real life kind of looking into some like some of the sentai stuff sentai like ninja stuff also fun fact about the research i did on ninjas they, they don't wear black they wear a shade of blue and indigo oh that's cool that's ish what i was going for here with the kind of sentai ninja look that's so cool i love it also, so, for those interested, uh, that QR code will send you to my card. <laughs> oh, nice. That's red. And your card's been plunked in the chat every five or ten minutes or something. Yep. And the link is down below. It's very cool. Appreciate you doing that, friend. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I have about three more questions, so I'm just going to give the verbal last call to the Twitch chat. If you have anything you'd like to ask Awesome Chips while we have him here, now's the time. Type it in the chat. My, my next question is about the future. What are your hopes for the future with character design? Is there somewhere you want to go with this? Is this a hobby you really enjoy? Do you ever want to do it for work? Do you do commissions and draw 
things for other people? What is what does the future look like for you in character? I definitely want to do more for other people, ideally for a job, but also if I'm working for free on a project I really believe in, I honestly think that's okay too. Just, mm -hmm. I want to tell stories. I want to represent characters that you don't see in like popular media because of things having to be samey because of like commercial reasons. Yeah. So you are wanting to increase the diversity of representation definitely everywhere you can but it's definitely my long-term goal for this kind of stuff we have a question from the chat gorilla red asks how important is it to you to have a backstory for your rpg character it depends on the character mm -hmm. pry was backstory first design later meanwhile tryon was very i had the design in mind but then the story i just i think i literally just made that up on the spot he's very simple Mm -hmm. He didn't really need a advanced backstory the way Cry or Hero did. And Gage has never really had a backstory. I had an idea a long time ago that he was like... It's basically the Stitch story. He was this failed kind of uh, alien science experiment that was thrown on Earth because he wasn't like what they wanted for this kind of ultimate weapon. Very wild. I've since kind of scrapped that idea. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that was kind yeah, of the original Inclusaurus idea cat combo has big genetic experimentation energy. That's for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Huh. My next question is one that I like to ask every show. Can you share an experience with us about having gender euphoria. Gosh, this is a fun story I tell a lot of people, but uh, oh, the first time, was the first, I think it was the second time actually my grandparents took me to Disney World. I was about, I think 12, 13, 14-ish, around that age. Mm -hmm. This is when I was started the whole like dressing more gender non-conformatively after hitting puberty kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah. And especially once I cut my hair short, I was read more as masculine because people assume that like younger person with short hair is prepubescent male. I, I sometimes I still get that to this day as well. But for the context there, the actual story, uh, I wandered off during this like parade of lights they did over at Disney World. And uh, I just kind of sat there, watched what was going on. And they have these characters on floats that'll occasionally talk to people in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was this uh, Alice in Wonderland float and like, Alice was looking out for people to talk to and she saw me and was like, you there, you there in the funny hats. And like, young man, sir. And, like very like masculine kind of pronouns for me. And I was like, oh, I, in that moment, I felt so cool and it felt really nice. And back then I didn't have the words for it. Now I know it's gender euphoria. I love that she was referring to me as male masculine. Mm -hmm. And especially without my, you know, parents or grandparents there to tell, tell them, oh, uh, actually thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, totally. Yeah. Ah. Uh, she also told me stuff like, oh, why do you wear your hat like that? Because I was wearing my, my, what do you call those caps? So like cap, like baseball caps. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was wearing it backwards because I thought that looked cool. It's very and like I, tomboy to do that. Definitely, definitely. And yeah. that was, makes sense for the gender nonconforming era of my life. 
And she told me, oh, why don't you try wearing that upside down on your head? And I thought it'd be like... <laughs> I was so in the moment, I just dumbfoundedly just put that on my head. Like, it's like yellow. It's like this little teacup on my head. And she, she pointed that out and I thought that was adorable. And oh, it, it was a very nice moment in my life. A lot of, I, I like telling people that story. Just for you, I went and fetched my baseball hat so I could wear it backwards. Nice. <laughs> Very cool, friend. <laughs> For the lulls. For the lulls. Very right. 90s. <laughs> it's so 90s, totally. I don't know how well it goes with my flannel button-up shirt, but that's fine. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's really cool. <laughs> I still have the hair poof. That's the important part, right? Yes, the hair poof. The hair poof. Sticking out even got the, like... the back. <laughs> yeah, like the window area. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right, Chips, I know that you have your stream coming up soon, so I'll ask my last question before we talk about cross-promo and all that stuff. What would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary or trans issues? Someone who is very masculine, my kind of presentation and idea of what non-binary means to me is still binary-leaning, and I still refer to myself as man and all that kind of fun stuff while also thinking of myself as something else sometimes mm -hmm. hence male flux yeah also like it's okay to feel however you want to feel with uh, how you want to present yourself and how that kind of manifests in you if that is non-binary but male leaning especially in my case that's fine you could also be a diet female diet male or nothing at all. There's a whole galaxy of stuff you could be in. That's all fine. It's all valid. Totally. I love it. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to make sure you share, Chips, before we, we talk about your card? The gender void. Sorry, I had to read what Mirami types. Uh, is there anything else? Not quite think so. Beyond that a hero is specifically made for a stream campaign my friend uh, Olden McGrine is doing, a fellow a VTuber. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Is it alright if I give uh, him a shout-out below, or...? If you type the shout-out, it will make a 30-second clip play audio only, and I don't know how to turn it off right now. It happened earlier on stream, yeah, which is yeah. why I didn't hear you. So, um, Understandable. But we can add it to the show notes, so anyone watching this later, and if you want to just type the URL in the chat, since you're a mod, you should be able to type yeah. it in there. Yeah, definitely. So friends, if you want to learn more about Awesome Chips, here is the, here's what you'll see when you open the card link that's been posted in the chat the whole time. So we've got Chips' Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Ko-Fi, we've got stream VODs on YouTube, Chips' TikTok channel, and also Discord server. So there's a lot of ways you can connect with Chips. Are there any, so any other upcoming projects you want to tell us about? So you mentioned this new campaign. What's the Twitch channel? Is it on Twitch? Uh, yes, the uh, stream campaign. That will be on uh, Olden McGroin's Twitch. Let me grab the URL. If I can grab the URL right. Apologies. And that's featuring Euro Solar Main, your latest character. Yep. Definitely. There we go. I got the URL to work. But yes, I will be playing uh, Hero Solar Main on that campaign. It'll be a lot of fun. Love to see some of y'all there. And what time is that show? Has that it been scheduled will, yet? I don't believe it's been... We have the 
believe it'll be 1 p.m. CST on uh, February 14th, yes, because that's uh, also going to be on what uh, the VTuber community is calling VTuber Prom, which is Valentine's Day. That's so fun. Yeah. And is that a one-shot or an ongoing campaign? It will hopefully be an ongoing campaign. We haven't specifically decided that yet, but we are aiming for it to be a uh, long-term campaign. Nice. That is super awesome. Friends, if you enjoyed this conversation and you would like to support Awesome Ships, his Ko-Fi is right there in his car.co. So if you want to go drop a couple bucks in the Glitzen option, you can go express your material gratitude. And yeah, is there anything else you want to say before we get ready to go raid you on your channel and see what you're up to? Maybe tell us what you're going to be up to today on stream. For stream, I'm going to be drawing some Pokemon fan art. I don't specifically have a character design in mind to work on right now, but maybe it'll show up at some point. Who knows? And also thank you for the cow cowboy hat compliments. <laughs> It's very fun. Yeah. It's a very fun cowboy. It's kind of with kind of. Don't be afraid to like make characters for things you like. If that's how you want to express yourself, if it's just a self insert in a fan uh, setting, that's perfectly valid and a perfectly valid way of exploring yourself and different aspects of yourself and your gender and all that fun stuff. All right, friends, for now, that is the end of the talk show. Thank you so much, Awesome Chips, for being here. Thank you for having me.